This evening, I invite you to turn with me to the sermon text, which is in the book of Exodus, in the 17th chapter. Tonight, we will read verses 8 through 16, can be found on page 59 of the blue Bibles that are provided around the sanctuary this evening. The word of the Lord. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. And so Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hands, Israel prevailed. And whenever he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary. So they took a stone and they put it beneath him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other side. So his hands were steady from the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. And then the Lord said to to Moses, write this as a memorial in, in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the the memory of Amalek from beneath heaven. Moses built an altar and called the name of it, The Lord is my banner, saying, A hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So far, the hearing of God's word. Today, as we come to this portion of the Lord's Prayer, we come to a part of the prayer that the Lord Jesus taught us to pray, that by and large part, I think we take for granted in our lives. We know how to pray for big things. Sometimes we pray for days and days and weeks and weeks and months and months. But how often do we pray for the small things day by day and week by week and month by month? This text has so much by which the Lord wants to teach us this this evening. The first thing I want you to look at is the place where this scene took place, Rephidim. And we want to recall the context in which these verses that we just read appear. The name of this place is Camping Place, the place where they camped. We don't know if that was the name of the place or that's just what they called called it, the place where they camped. I want you to look back with me to 
to chapter 15 as we remind ourselves how the people of God got to this place. The Lord, of course, brought them out of the land of Egypt the land of Egypt, and in chapter 15, there is this song that is Israel sang as soon as they came through the sea on dry ground, and then the Lord crushed the chariots and the horses beneath the weight of the water. They sang this song of praise, sang in verses 6 and in verse 12, the right hand of the Lord has saved us. The right hand of the Lord has done this. He has brought us out. And then they came to a place where they had not been yet and they had needs. The Lord had saved them by the power of his outstretched arm. But then they found their, themselves in a place of, of, of want. They had, they had thirst and they needed to drink. But look at verses 22 through 27. They came to a place to drink, and the water didn't taste very good. Mara had its name because the water that was found there had a foul taste. The people said, um, we don't want to drink this. And so they grumbled against the Lord and against his servant in verse 24. But the Lord responded to them. He heard their cry. And he showed them what he was going to do. He said, Moses, I want you to take a log. And I want you to throw it into the water. And when you throw it in, it is going to be as if my finger has touched that stream. And the stream is going to become sweet. So the Lord swore to them an oath as he changed the taste of the stream in this place. He said, I'm going to provide for you. I have brought you out of the land of slavery, out of the house of bondage, and I have brought you to this place. And I am going to provide for every one of your needs. And I care about the way that it tastes in your mouth. That's a word of promise. And then the Lord performs the word that he has just promised that he would do. Look at, look, at chap, look at chapter 16. The people began to hunger. They haven't had bread. They ate all that they brought with them. And now they are starving. And yet again, they begin to complain to the Lord. They've been on foot now for two and a half months. The text tells us that this is on the 15th day of the, sec of the second month that they had departed from the land. And they begin to complain. And they said, Moses, we had meat to eat back in the land. We had leeks to eat. We had all sorts of things. And our tables were filled and our tummies we're full, and now have you brought us out here to kill us? And so the Lord says, I'm not just going to feed them. I'm going to rain down bread from the sky. That's exactly what he says in verse 4 of, chap of chapter 16. 
he provided for them daily bread. Bread that appeared as a mist on the ground. And the people went out day by day and they said, we've never seen something like this before. It looks like white flakes. And then when we, when we taste it, it has the taste in our mouths as being sweet as honey. Of course, what had the Lord promised that he was going to do? He was going to take them into a land that was flowing with milk and with honey. And they're not there yet. But to provide for them on the way to that land, he was going to provide for them sovereignly, according to his power, according to his love for them, something that was like what they were going to have then in the full, this white thing that looked like milk and it had the sweet taste in their mouths, honey-like. And as they went out, they, they each were to only take enough for that day. If they took more than their daily bread, then what would happen? would happen to the bread that they had stored up. It would begin to stink and there would be worms in the bread that they had hoarded for themselves. This was to teach them that the Lord was going to provide for them every single day, day by day, so that they would need to learn how to trust in him for every single thing that they need. The next chapter. Uh, chapter then, 17. It wasn't just bread, but it was water. Again, they came to Rephidim, to this camping place, and they were thirsty. And they began to complain in the same way. Moses, have you brought us out here to kill us? Give us something to drink. Moses, went to the Lord and said, Moses, they are complaining to me about you. And <laughs> Moses responded to the people in verse 2 and said, why do you test the Lord? Now, that's a key in insight there. They complained to Moses, and Moses says, your complaint is not with me. Your complaint is with the Lord. And so we see this bringing alongside of the Lord and of his chosen servant. Moses has been called to do God's will and to speak on God's behalf. So to complain against him is to complain against the Lord. And to bring a word of complaint to the Lord is to bring it to Moses. Verse 5. God says, Moses, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the staff in your hand. And I want you to do something with that staff. Now, as soon as we see this word staff, our minds go back to Exodus 4. Moses in the burning bush comes to a bush that is on fire, but the fire does not receive its fuel from the wood. 
The fire burns, but the bush is not being consumed. And so Moses knows that the presence of the Lord is in that place. And God speaks to him and tells him where he needs to go and what he needs to say and what God is going to do. Moses responds and says, but Lord, how will they know that it's you who sent me? How will they believe me that you're going to do what you said that you were going to do? And God said, Moses, I want you to pick up your staff and throw it down. You remember what he did. He threw it down and the staff became a serpent. That one through whom the lie came. That cursed thing. Moses grabbed it by the tail and it, it didn't swing around and, and bite him on the hand. It became a staff again. Moses said, Moses, I want you to take that staff in your hand and that is going to be a sign of how I am going to undo the curse and show my power to my special people that I have called to myself. So the staff became that thing that Moses took in his hand. And God told him, Moses, I want you to stretch your staff out across the Nile. And as you do, it is going to turn into blood. And it did. Moses Take your staff and I want you to tell Pharaoh that I am going to send frogs upon the land. And as you take your staff, I want you to say that it is by the hand of God that God is going to do this. And he did. So the staff became a symbol of the hand of God, the power of God. Moses would raise his staff as a sign and the hand of God would perform his powerful work. Bringing all of these signs to say that God alone is God. That God has brought all of these things into your land to unmask all of the false idols, all of the false gods, and to say that Yahweh alone is God, and to show that the finger of God is at work. That's what Pharaoh saw too. And Pharaoh said, as the plague of gnats came, Pharaoh said in verse 19 of chapter, of chapter 8, the finger of God has done this. And so you see, bringing alongside Moses' staff, the hand of God at work, pagan Pharaoh saying, the hand of the Lord has done this. And then the people of God, having seen all of this before their very eyes, having walked on dry ground through the middle of the sea, having gathered bread up like dew, water spring out of a rock, they complained to the Lord in 17 and said, is the Lord among us or not? We can sympathize with them, can't we? How oftentimes we... We pray 
and we are so tempted to doubt, is God among me or not? Is God really here for my daily things? I come and I pray to him about the big things. If there's cancer, if there's a job, if there's a home, if there's tragedy that comes to our, our home, then it's easier for me to trust him for those things. But how about in the daily things, the seemingly small things, the sustaining things? We look around at the things that we don't have. And are we so tempted to say, is God here at all? Does he see what I see? Does he care about the things that I care about? And we even begin to ask, does God really care about me? You see, we know the circumstance that the people of God found themselves in. Oh, here, the Lord is showing that it's not just bread that he gives them day by day. It's not just drink that he gives them when they need that. It's also in verses 8 through 16 that we read. It's also our very life itself. Moses said, Joshua, I want you to choose men who are going to go and fight. Moses didn't say, Joshua, Put the swords away, put the bows away, tell the men to go and take a long nap. God is going to do this. He's going to snap his hands. You can go home and count it as good as done. Pack up the bags we're going through. He did it. He said, go and choose men to fight. They still needed to act in faith. They still needed to do the things that they were prepared to do. They still needed to wake up and to put their two feet on the ground and to get dressed and to prepare themselves to go out and to confront what the Lord was calling them to confront. But you see, they were going to do that by faith, knowing that the hand of God was at work among them and the Lord was going to do this. How did they know that? Moses said, Tomorrow, I'm going to go stand on the hill. I'm going to go stand on the high place where the banners go. I'm going to go stand in that high place where we typically put the flags. You see, the banner was a sign for all of the troops that were going out to fight to remind them who they were fighting for. They were going to fight for the king. They were going to fight for the land. They were going to go and win. And they were going to go and fight as one man and as a team. And they were going to try to win for that flag. Moses said, I'm going to go stand on that place. And I'm going to raise my hands. You see, all of this was to say that God was going to perform the work. Look at, verse, look at verse 14. The Lord said, I want you to write this down in a book. I want to, you to remember that I did this. You say, well, wait a second. The troops still had to go out and fight. 
they still got hurt. They still had to, had to work hard. But the Lord says, I am the one that did this. And you see, he did, he did it by the sign of the hands. As the hands were raised, the hands to bless, the hands of power, the hands that were outstretched to save, all of God's people were to know that the hand of God was at work. God's hands were there to bless. God's hands were outstretched in power. God's hands were there to save. And then, once it was all said and done, Moses said, we're going to build an altar in that place. And we're going to name it, the Lord is my banner. Jehovah Nisi. Why did he call it that? Because he said, I want us always to remember that the Lord gives us every single thing that we need day by day, bread to eat, drink to drink, and everything that pertains to life itself because he is our God. And we belong to him. We live by him and by him alone. He provides every single thing that we need. And as we look upon that place, we are going to remember to thank the Lord for being all that he is and providing for us body and soul. Do you find it hard to do that? I confess that I do. Um, we go to the store to buy food to eat. And we, uh, we buy the things that we like. And then we go home and we put them on the shelves or we put them in the refrigerator. And then when we want them, we go and we look for them there. And how often do we forget that all of this comes by the sovereign hand of God? He's the one that caused the grain to grow that was cut down and milled and then baked and turned into bread. He's the one that provides the, the fruit of the vine because he causes it to grow up. And then he gives the man that plucks it the strength to pluck it. And then he brings it all of the way from the place where it grew to your table. And the Lord wants us to know that he does all of these things because he is God. Do you remember the way that when the flood, that great flood that destroyed the entire earth, when the Lord caused the floodwaters to recede, he, he put a sign in the sky. He put a banner in the sky. He put a rainbow there, and it hung across the whole sky like a banner. And God said, I want the entire world to know that I am God. I want the entire world to know that I love them. I want the entire world to know that I will provide for them. I will send the rain to fall on the just, those who love me and trust in me, and on the unjust, those who do not know me. 
I will cause seed, time, harvest to come up on the earth. I will provide for the world that I have made. And never again will I destroy the earth by flood. And we were to look up at the sky and to see this rainbow and to recall from that sign that the banner of the Lord above the world that he's made is love. He provides for us. He blesses us because he loves us. And yet all of the people who live on this planet that do not know God ignore the fact that it's him who provides all of these things. You see, fallen man who is incurved upon himself gives no thought to where the bread comes from or where the fruit of the vine comes from or when we turn on the tap, where the water comes from. You just think it comes from the tap. The bread comes from the store. And so fallen man, uninformed by the gospel, does not think to himself or herself, I would not exist if it was not for God. Fallen man does not think my very breath depends upon the God who made me and loves me. But you see, we who know Christ, we who know God's word, know that God gives us All of these things by his hand because he loves us. So as we wake up day by day and as we go to the table to eat or as we raise a glass to our mouths to drink, that should be like a banner to us saying, my heavenly father loves me. My heavenly father provides All of these things for me, I can trust him. I can trust him with the biggest things in life, and I can trust him with the smallest daily things, day by day, hour by hour, week by week. And I can know as he provides every single thing that I need, I can know that he loves me. Isaiah, in the... 49th chapter, which is one of his servant songs, reminds us of the coming Christ. And he says, thus says the Lord God, I will lift up my hand against the nations. I will raise up my banner before all of the people's. And they shall bring their sons from afar, and their daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. The banner that the prophet speaks about is the servant himself. The banner that he speaks about is Jesse's root, the son of David, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the banner. He is Jehovah Nisi incarnate. He is the great sign, the best of all signs, saying, this is how much God loves you. I have come. Jesus says, 
if you trust me for the salvation of your soul, how much more can you trust me for every single thing that you need day by day? You say, but Lord, I don't know if I can trust you because you've not answered prayers that I've prayed. You took away things that I had. You didn't give me the answer that I longed for. Father, I've been praying day by day, week by week, month by month, and you've not answered. Jesus says, in the words of Song of Songs, chapter 2, yes, but I brought you into my house. I brought you to feast at my, ta- at my table. And the banner that I've raised above you is not just the rainbow in the sky that all of the world can see. The banner that I've raised above you is the gospel of my love. I love you. I am your Lord. I am your Savior. I have provided for you everything that your soul needs in my cross. And I promise you, that I will not withhold one good thing from your life. I will provide for you every single thing, day by day, that you need. And church, this is how you can trust Christ. You can trust him. You can trust him to give you what you need. And you can trust and know that he will not withhold from you one thing that you do Why? Because you belong to him. You belong in his house. And he has sworn his love for you by his mighty hand and outstretched arm. He has saved you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you from the very first page into the very last, how you reveal your son, the Lord Jesus, to to us in your word. And we thank you, Father, for the promise that he speaks, that he will be our God. Oh, Father, will you help us to trust him? Will you help us to know that he is with us day by day, for all of our days, will you help us to trust that we can belong to him, that we will be fed by him, that body and soul, all that we are, will be nourished by the Christ who loves us with all of his heart. Oh, Father, will you write that word upon the inside of our hearts this evening, we pray. In Jesus' name.